What do you get when you mix Tarzan, the King of the Apes, and the sleaze of the 1970s Shaw Brothers? Get this week's episode. Why, it's none other than the King Kong from Hong Kong himself. This is Kaiju vs. History, the Mighty Peking Man. Welcome back to Kaiju vs. History. This is your leather bikini-wearing Tarzan of the Jungle, Patrick. And joining me is a giant ape who likes to watch, a.k.a. Miles here. Hey, Miles. Yeah, this, this movie certainly lives up to its name. This is certainly the mining peaking man, for sure. <laughs> oh, yes, peaking, indeed. Uh, uh, not an ape, he's a man. <laughs> it's not giant peaking ape, even though so, it does look like a giant monkey. Uh, we've we've definitely talked about the Shaw Brothers before, obviously. Mighty and they're super inframan. Yes. Yeah. Which... And one, you know, bless them for adding their stuff to the Internet Archive in the condition that they're in, because they give us really phenomenal high definition stuff in both dubbed and subbed, which I thought was excellent, because a lot of the stuff from the Shaw Brothers that we've had access to over the years, if you're a fan of the, the uh, martial arts films, has mostly been dubbed stuff. So it's right. really cool to actively get the original language, which is I would what like I, what, to check this out in subtitles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's how out. I watched it. So like when I wa- looked up in Wikipedia and it's like her name's Samantha. And I'm like, oh, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it wasn't until then that I even her name's like Ah Wei. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is an interesting movie. I I have to say that out of all of the Kong ripoffs that we have watched, with the exception of Mighty Joe Young, but I don't consider that a Kong ripoff, even though it does follow similar story beats. Spiritual successor. Right. But has some um, s- similar elements in, you know, a, a female friend does. of the giant yes. ape. Yeah, for sure. I, I think this might be the best of any like Kong ripoff movie that we've watched so far. Uh, that's not a high bar, but yeah, it's, the, it's absolutely the, not. I mean, again, average because, rating for other Kong knockoffs. Well, is well, like again, giant eight movies for me are not big winners. And and this one's not either. But this is, I would say, certainly a huge, huge improvement off of the Drek that we have watched inspired by Kong. Yes, this is also 1976. No, 77 is when the Mighty Peking Main came out by Shaw Brothers Productions, Shaw Brothers Studios out of Hong Kong. And uh, as we mentioned, also have done Super Inframan, which we added to this list, mostly because I wanted to talk about them there. And because they already had some success with these kind of large tokusatsu style films, they felt emboldened to go into a production for a kaiju film that was longer than King Kong's production history. I think. Yeah. They, Cause they were trying to like match the, the kind of release schedule of the De Laurentiis 76 Kong. They wanted to do something that kind of yeah. came out in, in, in that wave. And I mean, I love super infrared, man. I, I mean, obviously as a Tokusatsu fan, that's, that's more of my jam. Mm-hmm. I would much rather watch, Movies like that than movies about giant apes. But before we get into that, 
and the things that this movie does right, the things this movie does very wrong. Patrick, tell us what's in a title. Well, th- this is not the the full original title for the Mighty Peking Man. I will just say, though, at the top here, I like films that have adjectives in them. I don't feel like we get them nearly enough. But yeah, Mighty is just fun to, to have in a title. You know, we got the amazing colossal man and and things like that because sometimes those uh, adjectives lie to you (laughs) they look great on a poster though i will say (laughs) sure um the literal chinese i guess mandarin title when this film came out was orangutan king and the original u.s title when when they brought over was goliathon so kind of like goliath and uh, maybe they're playing on King Kong <laughs> as well. Goliath or, or triathlon. <laughs> this movie released in Japan as uh, the Peking man's counterattack and had a host of other titles from, from all over. I, I like <laughs> Denmark's Denmark's the abominable snowman from the mountains of the Himalayas. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. <laughs> yeah. We, we've got the monster from Peking in Brazil Indeed, Finland called it King Kong Hong Kongisa, the King Kong in Hong Kong, which, yeah, you've got it. You've yeah, named I mean, the title. Exactly what it is. Yep. And a lot of the others, France, West Germany, Portugal, called it the, the Colossus of Peking or Hong Kong or West Germany's title was the Colossus of Conga. Once again, going back to the film title Conga. 1961 oh, i believe why why do you continue to disappoint because <laughs> <sighs> they, they were the only market for queen kong right yeah pretty much yeah so uh... right but yeah that's that's it this was obviously called king kong in a lot of different places and you know we watched this back to back with 1976's adino de Laurentiis's king kong and I got them confused in my head in a few places because, the, spoiler warning, they both end up on top of a building a la 1933's King Kong. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this this movie, for all intents and purposes, is a semi-remake of King Kong. Although I would say, for the first act and a half, this movie's pretty great. Yeah, just the first act and a half? Yeah. yeah I, I, I think soon, it's pretty good soon, throughout. As soon as they leave to the city, I hate this movie. <laughs> Oh, right, right. Yeah, I mean, that is in most of the King Kong films, like the last act of the film. And it's usually well, pretty but, short but and see, here action you packed. Have, you, you have a different. So you mentioned, well, I guess I mentioned it. We talked about the aspect of Tarzan. And this is there, there are a lot of elements that utilize the actual Tarzan story in this film. Yeah. With the character of, in English, Samantha. Yes. Which I can't get used to because she wasn't called Samantha in what I watched. Yeah. Just Samantha. Um, it, was, it was funny watching this movie because I my first reaction when she pops up, it's like, where did this white lady come from? <laughs> yeah. And she just randomly pops up, is scantily clad, and then there's like constant quote unquote accidental nudity throughout this film. Oh, Runme Shaw of the Shaw Brothers. Uh, apparently hired the the actress sight un well I guess not sight unseen from a headshot from like you know a, a booking studio in in Europe Samantha's played by Evelyn Kraft so without like interviewing her like <laughs> flew her out to Hong Kong to star in this movie and 
Yeah, I just imagine that first day of costuming and be like, this is what you're going to be wearing the entire film. It does look like you are going to have a, a nip slip the entire movie and You've designed and, and, it that and way that yeah, exactly. And then sometimes it actually happens in the film <laughs> where I'm yes. just like, what? what? <laughs> they let that through. Okay. And, and here's the thing. Evelyn craft in this movie is fantastic. Does her I own stunts. She, she's amazing. She, she does above and beyond. I think what they expected of her and she is great. Yep. I, there is so much I do enjoy about this film. I I think the um, opening up with the the earthquakes and stuff. I think the sets and the model work <laughs> in the opening scene is really great. I think it looks really fantastic for what I expected. It, it is great. Um, there are some a couple of scenes here and there that are, are reused footage from Super Inframan, which I think were already reused footage from another movie. But well, I it, mean, I really liked Super Inframan. So I was about to say, that's, that's just more now at this point, a fun like, you know, and the same thing happened in the Godzilla movies when they reuse the footage over and over of, of their disaster. It's like, oh, that's from Rodan. Oh, that's from uh, but- King Ghidorah. Do you, you even look at the poster for this movie, the theatrical release poster for this movie, and what is front and center? Because the Mighty Peking <laughs> Man is not. Yeah, no, they they have a airbrush version of Evelyn Craft with the most horrific looking jaguar on her back, which, you know, is is in the first act of the movie, but does not come to Hong Kong with her. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that poster is, is pretty bad where she's literally larger than the kaiju. Well, the I, I mean, I it legit looks like a uh, attack of the 50 foot woman kind of poster. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, she looms large in the film. So uh, that makes sense to me. Uh, yeah, so you have this this kind of standard plot with you know you have explorers looking for this mighty this mythical mighty picking man mm-hmm. that we see kind of a little bit at the beginning, but we we know exists, and so you have the, your 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 Carl Denham style team going to explore and look for this mythical creature. Yeah, I mean that's the the basic plot. Like you said, you mix it in with Tarzan or maybe George of the Jungle in, in some instances. And you, you have a pretty interesting plot. Th- that middle section where our our other main character in Johnny, played by Danny Lee, figuring out like her backstory and then like them falling in love is is a lot of fun. I don't know. It, I know I <laughs> actively love everything before they go to Hong Kong. <laughs> yes. I, I think it's really well done. I think the story of him getting separated from the group and trying to like survive. And then he comes across this woman and everything there is fantastic. I, re- I really liked everything up to that point. Um, I, I will say there's some like quote unquote action bits that just feel more like a zoo slideshow just like we have oh she's bitten by a snake and he's gotta do some very yeah i mean there's a hundred percent some scenes like oh let's twist my arm why don't you (laughs) but there's uh there's you know all kinds of animals that uh that we we see i I love when when, when before before he meets away or samantha when they're the the team is first going into the jungle and that tiger attacks mm-hmm. and them boys just wrestle this tiger for like yeah. five minutes. 
<laughs> you get this like wrestling match with a tiger. And here's the weird thing. And Patrick, you can maybe tell me because you are responsible for a lot of our, our deeper dives. There's a lot of real animals on this set. Oh, yeah. And I'm kind of worried about them. Yeah, no, that's the thing. It, it always icks me out a little bit in these kind of movies when they're they're front and center, especially when you, when you find out that, yeah, Evelyn Craft was doing all of her own stunts with these animals as well. Danny Lee was doing his own stunts. And I just I, I'm assuming most of those, those animals are tranked or something, right? Uh, yeah. Or, you know, they're they're trained to to, to some you know extent, just like safety guidelines in 1970s films for actors was already bad enough, but like animal actors, I'm just very worried. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I was constantly worried about like the leopard they have and yeah. everything going on there. I've, 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 yeah, the ick factor, like you said, was, was pretty high there because you can tell the animals are actively in, in, involved with these actors. And that's what made me kind of uncomfortable, but that said, like uh, visually, it, it it absolutely works for the movie, mm-hmm. and I mean, yeah, you know, it, it's I, something that wouldn't I, fly. I like a lot of these scenes. I love the scenes where like the leopard clearly is obeying Samantha, <laughs> and I, there's so much about this about her kind of being in control in the jungle that I really love, and I I like the love story that they tell, and even though it's it's really weird with. The mighty Peking man there because he <laughs> kind of seems to peep away, but listens well, to like he he doesn't seem to have really a problem with her love interest. No, and he, he just seems more like a, a brother or fatherly figure because quirky uncle. <laughs> it, it, or yeah, at the beginning he kind of like takes you know, saves her life and, and gives her food and things like that and raises her, I guess, for, you know, all intents and purposes. So he is very protective that at the very least, that's the, the main yes. emotion that we get from him. in almost every scene is you do not mess with, with my, you know, I, I guess to him, maybe Samantha's like a pet <laughs> more than, yeah. Than or, or even a daughter, like th- th- there's yeah. definitely that, that, that kind of aspect there. And to the fact that he even says like, Hey, you know, can we take him to Hong Kong? And, yeah. I, and for him under the, I, I do believe under the purest of intentions, because he thinks, Oh, he's going to take him there, you know, show him off a little bit. He's going to be happy. And, the same thing that happens in in your King Kong movies happens here. Um, well, it, the it worst. Does, <laughs> it does feel like that same plot point from Godzilla versus King Kong. You know, the twenty twenty film where it's like, you know, this is for his own good, and he gets the 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 people get Kong's friend to basically convince Kong to come with them on this journey, and you know, chain him up on top of the ship, and in a very similar. Almost it is a very similar, exactly way. similar position yeah. of of both these films. So yeah, there's a lot of interesting similarities there. But I agree with you. It does, boy howdy, of all the, I don't know, maybe uh, mighty Gorga, no Gorgo, <laughs> that that also had a pretty terrible circus style ending for for that kaiju well, there. So but this thing, one is I mean, rough. This is it's, it's like torture to watch. It, it what, is. What I mean, because to, uh... we, we get we get an inside baseball on how scuzzy the people running the things are, because we already know the one guy running things is a D bag. Like he had written off 
Johnny as dead and was like, oh, well, you know, he's probably someone's dinner right now. And then we cut the scene with him and Samantha, you know, getting busy. And, and you know, we know we know how wrong he is there. But mm-hmm. he also, I mean, one treats the Mighty Peking Man horribly. I don't think, you know, obviously doesn't tr- like give the Mighty Peking Man any sort of indication of what's going to happen. He tries to rape Samantha and just and everything about that whole Kong type like yeah it's uh show show aspect is awful but even even everything when so when they arrive so johnny's whole story and i can't remember what his name was in in the original language uh, off the top of my head at the moment but his whole thing was he took this job because he was trying to get over his girlfriend who had cheated on him with his, his brother and <laughs> so it's he, a very funny intro. I know it's not supposed yes, to be, but it is because he's like he leaned over a bar and, and he no, throws the flowers at his his uh, his, his oh, girlfriend. Oh, dude, I, I wrote that down because like <laughs> I, I just like a uh, homeboy just like <sighs> threw flowers at this girl. And that, that um, that's a plot point that comes back later when she's like begging for forgiveness. And I was like, well, how would you forgive her? It's like you've got yeah, so craft th- right here everything about that story is <laughs> garbage yeah they kind of drop it they, as well, well they give you this whole a monkey flashback attack. sequence that you know what the relationship was like and then her his his brother was like i didn't know that was your girlfriend which first of all yeah. how close are you with your brother that you never met his girlfriend and two she's like oopsie <laughs> that was kind of, kind of her her reaction. So yeah, well, she Johnny, was doing it to advance her career. I think was her explanation. Oh, see that that's not what she says in the original language. Uh, oh yeah, she just she just says like what? I didn't mean to hurt you. Yeah, like, well, it's, you it's, it's more like he, you hurt him so bad he went off to find a giant yeah, so, mythical so he, ape in the yeah. So jungle. he 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 f's off to the jungle. He he meets slash samantha falls in love with her they go swinging then, on vines in, with a in, a in a love montage miles like what is not to you know, a whole enjoy. lot more than that I, I don't know if the u.s version cut out uh some of the stuff that is in the <laughs> no <laughs> well, a lot more than that that's yeah that's the the uh shaw brothers sleaze that that we we've talked about here it's and not it's, even that sleazy that's the thing right. it's like i mean i've seen sleazy movies this is not that sleazy this is a fairly romantic uh, like depiction well, yeah. of but yeah, just like King Kong that came out before it, they, they've got that kind of love story going on. And I believe it, you know, <laughs> well, no, the, the, the love story between Johnny and Samantha is legit. And then he convinces her, like, you know, come back to civilization. Like, I don't even want to say civil. It sounds, sounds so condescending. But yeah, come, come I mean, back. She's, to- she's literally just <laughs> in the jungle. <laughs> she only has right, animals and, she, and she's friends. from she's from she, she had come from a modern age. And so he's like. You know, come back and see how you feel. And he tries to give her like modern clothes, and that goes hilariously <laughs> uh, wrong. That part is sleazy. <laughs> that's but... in, that's in the trailer, by the way. Is um the the, the villain played by Goof Thing walking in on her changing and like taking off his glasses, like oh my god. <laughs> you, you needs that George to get oh my oh hello. <laughs> but the whole love triangle, first of all. And I don't know if this has come up on this show as much, but I, I'm not a fan of love triangle. Uh, mm-hmm. So like miss me with that. I, I very rarely is it done well or interesting. And it's, it's often just to be like, Oh, do you like this person or this person for protagonist? And so we're like, Oh, I'm team blank and I'm team blank. That, that is the manufactured like thing for, the, for love triangles. And I 
I absolutely abhor it. <laughs> but, it but, but also, this love triangle 19, was done. Uh, I was going to so say so badly. The original Godzilla. Showed, well, <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a love triangle in that movie, technically. It, there, there is, but like, it's also kind of not a thing. <laughs> but this one is done so poorly because he shows up, and all of a sudden, she's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry." And and this is where we find out it's been a year since mm-hmm. that incident happened. So it's like you know, uh, go away. And, you know, obviously the former love interest plants a kiss on him, which Samantha sees. She flees the scene and chaos ensues and everything from this point on is even more terrible. I I hate everything that happens after this. Uh, And it's so hard to hate the second half of the film because of the special effects of the second half of the film, though. Like it's. So interesting to watch it. In so here, parts. here's the thing: the special effects are pretty good. They surprised me. I was taken aback. No, no, no. I, no. Like, I mean, Whoa. again, we've we've talked about the production of these movies before. Like the the sets are fantastic. Well, the, I mean, it's the a building huge... the building sets for when the Mighty Peking Man is roaming about are great. Well, and then it's, you it's just, then it's you a, couple it with uh, weird shots of Samantha going up a street lamp. And looking like a moron <laughs> and jumping off, doing her own stunt again. Yeah, yeah. no, it's it's uh, it's I will say it's just it's such a huge step up from Super Inframan, which was more of the the camp style kind of special effects or, you know, television tokusatsu, which is fine. It's just on a different scale, yeah. literally and figuratively well, for, for, um, for, for, for personal liking. Guess guess which which is higher for me. <laughs> well, I wanted to highlight what I thought was, you know, some of the best parts of this film, which was the yeah, yeah, special ahead. effects. Keizo Morase is the uh, the suit actor for Utam, which was the name in the dubbed version for Mighty P. King Man. That's what Samantha calls him in the film. And he is indeed from Kaiju Royalty. He was part of the special effects team for early Toho films. He did the sculpt for Varen. For oh, cool. The original Gamera, as well as Young Gary in Titansaurus. Titanosaurus. But yeah, his his career lasts to even today where he's fundraising to make a kaiju style film called Brush of the God. And they've put out some special effects of a Orochi style, you know, eight headed dragon that that looks amazing. So he's he's actively trying to make kaiju movies in 2023. Uh, But the, the real heavy hitters for the special effects teams were Toho and Tsuburaya designers uh, Sanamasa Arakawa and Koichi Kawakita who their collective careers ranged all the way from 1954's Godzilla into the Heisei and um, Godzilla movies as well as the Mothra trilogy of movies in the 90s so you know 40 years of, of kaiju making experience and I was just not expecting that level of technical amazing design work you know from it you know mighty king peking man looks very good for you know pseudomation yeah uh, no i mean it's they, they do a good job with the the mask i think overall like it can look awkward but some of the times where they do like some animatronics with the mouth and stuff it looks really solid some of the suit work is or design wise is a little poor yeah um, yeah, but but no, I mean, I there's a legitimate effort here. I, I I don't think this falls in the ranks of a lot of the Kong ripoffs where it's like, oh, we're just throwing a, a furry suit on somebody. There oh is goodness. an artistic effort being made here, and I, I absolutely agree that it should be applauded. 
the miniatures and like you said the the sets for for the city for for hong kong in miniature form are just so amazing boy howdy i think those really stand out and uh and make for some some awesome parts of the film you get like elevated walkways and like trains in, in hong kong shown in you know your your regular regular format and then recreated on the the small scale in amazing detail but also made you know so many times you see them made out of like foam and <laughs> particle board and things like that they made these miniature sets out of stone and glass and concrete and uh supposedly it was fairly dangerous for for our suit actor <laughs> to destroy these buildings because they hurt you know they mm-hmm. were they were heavy <laughs> so I, I i was just amazed by that i was also amazed that like most of the good guys die <laughs> yeah well it's like it's, it's a little it's a very ambiguous ending and it's super abrupt like <laughs> <laughs> you know, they they blow up the top of the building and he pulls Samantha from the wreckage and just like holds her body while looking over the, the city, looking out. over. Yeah, the I mean, she, it, it seems that she dies. Yeah, um, it's, and, it's and so here, here's the thing. I remember reading this this goof because like so the helicopters are shooting the mighty peaking man and the impact of the rounds on his body should be tied in considering how big he is. But he's having these, these massive reactions. <laughs> As such, when Samantha and Johnny are shot by those same bullets, those rounds should have torn their limbs off entirely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they're not like just scratch them, giant machine guns uh, mounted on these these attack helicopters. Yes, I, I agree. It, it gets pretty bloody there at the ending. I was like, are they going to kill it's, all the I main would say bloodier than than De Laurentiis King Kong? It's it's oh, yeah. really bloody. And, and it's, it's Hong Kong, you know bright red blood as well yeah and i mean so here's the thing is i I do agree with you in terms of the spectacle aspect it's it's pretty solid despite the fact that everything to get you the spectacle is terrible (laughs) well sleazy i would say but yeah i don't know it's terrible i don't know about every everything is as soon as johnny and samantha get to hong kong it's just a wash plot wise for me like i i <laughs> oh yeah I, everything I say the plot they just like kind of pick up and drop threads at, at a moment's notice uh, i hate the weird like like rapey bugs bunny stunt they do with the other guy and samantha yeah the and bad guy yeah um i it's i i mean look it's yeah Lutien. it's super super great to see him get killed but like i just i don't well i, I what, don't like any of it i was expecting a more insane end for him as a bad guy what mm-hmm. happens is they like run up into an apartment building and peking man grab like punches through the the window and grabs him out and throws him on the ground and then steps on him maybe i forget but yeah like he throws was, him down like like football spike style i was expecting like a, a full you know conga like crunch or like takes his head off like takes a bite or something yeah really, i would have really preferred taking a bite at a crime yeah, it didn't look like it hurt too badly. Him spiking him to the ground. I was hoping for some more. Also, more sound there, there's this whole thing where, like, you know, Johnny has been looking for Samantha after that whole awkward, like, like, oh, yeah, yeah. The, the love triangle. Yeah. And, uh, but then they, they meet up, like, trying to save the Mighty Peaky Man. And, like, they have to go up this, like, 50 story elevator and they haven't talked about anything the beforehand. <laughs> so it's like, 
I bet that elevator ride was super awkward. <laughs> yeah, no, it seemed like there were some scenes cut there, but I, w- one of the reasons we do this podcast in the way that we're doing it is to compare movies of the same time period and compare and contrast their their caliber in different ways. So last week we did De Laurentiis's King Kong, which had a budget at least 20 times larger than this Hong Kong flick. This was made for about a million dollars, you know, U.S. dollars, like six million Hong Kong dollars. De Laurentiis's film had more people involved, but this movie had, I think, more heart and soul in the the craft of it, even if the plot isn't. I mean, the, the plot. I, mean, right, I, 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 I would certainly say the people who wanted to make the spectacle aspect worked really cared about making that that aspect yes. work. I, I, I would agree with that. I, I, I will mean, say the parts of the movie that feel cheap kind of work along with the sleaze feel of the filmmakers. Like, I, I guess I'm not expecting an Oscar worthy, you know, script or whatever for this movie, you know? I mean, I don't know. I've seen enough Shaw Brothers films that are, are really compelling and interesting stories that don't always fall upon some terrible plot devices. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they have, they have a, a wide gamut of films. So I, mm-hmm. I it's not just to, to, a um, you know, force upon an identity upon an entire production company because that's that's can, yeah that can be kind of impossible. I, I just um, feel like they're more evocative of the 1970s than than even De Laurentiis's. I mean, I mean that 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 is that is absolutely true. I, mm-hmm. I mean, this is also like this is a venture they don't go down very often. Same with Super well, Inframan. This, this is their is not, only kaiju film. Yeah, yeah. So. I mean, they don't do a ton of superhero. They don't do a ton of kaiju, and I mean, it's honestly hard to see why because. In terms of the spectacle aspect, they get a lot right. Oh, there's yeah. a lot. There's a lot of good stuff. I mean, I don't disagree with you. I just think that everything else for me doesn't work so much that it makes it hard for me to just purely enjoy some of the spectacle stuff. Well, what What's your? Do you have a favorite scene in the movie? Something that you think you'll you'll take away because maybe- honestly, I loved everything with uh, Johnny and Samantha in the jungle. I thought that was mm-hmm. really well done. I thought. I thought the kind of Tarzan pastiche was extremely good, even from like him seeing, oh, her parents were killed in a crash and her kind of trying to communicate that. I thought I thought all of that was very well done. I really liked that. <laughs> I thought that it, it was really good. It is really the opposite, but the same as mighty uh, Joe Young, you know, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. instead of the girl adopting the. The, the giant gorilla, the giant gorilla. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and yeah, it, it does absolutely. work. I, I will say my favorite scene is from the end of the film. That ending is so brutal. It is, it so is ex- very brutal. So tense as well. Like I said, I was more worried for the the Peking man and for Samantha and and and. and oh, yeah, because they constantly Johnny. get hurt. Although yeah, I have to I, question the well, the ability of some of them soldiers because like Johnny like tears through a couple of them for a little <laughs> bit before they finally take him down. I'm like, y'all are supposed to be the elite and he doesn't have training. Yeah. And <laughs> but I also hated uh, how like in the jungle, like Samantha is super strong. She's oh, yeah. flying across ju- things. And then all of a sudden, some drunk <laughs> this, dude is, is a little bit much Asian for her. man by comparison. Yeah, I was dragging like, her all over Hong Kong. wrecked you. That, that's the other thing. I was expecting her to get a kind of revenge on, on him before. Yeah, I, I really Funny wanted PK her just man. to like kind of do that almost that Tarantino like death proof thing where it's like, I just yeah. want to see her like go to town and wreck that guy's face. And 
that didn't happen. So I was disappointed. That that ending for the film is basically the equivalent of the Empire State Building for Hong Kong. It was the Jardine House Building, formerly known as the, the Connet Center Building, which at the time was the tallest building in Hong Kong. So it makes sense. That's the, the place for the finale. It does. I mean, it's a little jarring, I guess, to people that are not familiar with it, but it, it makes sense in, in the the context for what they're they're trying to do. Yeah. Um, I, I talked about my problem with the menagerie of animals in this film. Anything else for you that didn't work besides the second half or <laughs> oh, oh, besides the entire second half of the, the Yeah, um, the Hong Kong parts. No. <laughs> I mean I, I do I do th- I, I think the suit can sometimes look a little hokey. If I'm being yeah. perfectly honest, well, yeah. but but I think some of the suit work is pretty good. I think it, like again, sometimes when they have that animatronic mouth, it really works. The mouth, um, the hand, the giant hand that they use in this movie yeah. is as good as yeah. the '76 King Kong hand. Like, I, I, I wouldn't say as can, good. I, think, I, I, I mean, there is certainly not as much money behind it. I I will say as as far as the creation, it's, it's of certainly it, competent. Supposedly. <laughs> supposedly like 300 Hong Kong residents donated their hair to, to help make the suit. Like this is made out of human hair, <laughs> which is insane. Including I the like the that hair. a lot less. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, at least it's not animal fur, which I think is what they made the, I'm not oh, any they... more comfortable being human fur. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not like they, Killed them the the Kong suit. I understand that uh, aspect, but that doesn't make this any better. I'm sorry. The, the Kong suit was made out of like thousands of horse tails. When I found that, I was like, "Did do, do the horses' tails grow back? <laughs> horse hairs, horse tail hairs." I I don't know. I, I don't yeah. know about about horses horses to make that. I'm gonna have to ask. I'm gonna ask my family who who works with horses. Say, uh, say I was gonna say I'm gonna have to ask my partner because she knows about uh, raising horses. <laughs> Roger Ebert gave this film, Miles, three stars upon its re-release. He has a soft spot for them Shaw Brothers <laughs> movies. Like, he really does. Well, we we talked about in the Super Inframan how he said he, you know, he raised his rating for, for that movie to, to three stars because he thought about it for, you know, decades. Like, every, every month, month for, like, for two decades. decades. <laughs> uh, yeah, but he he said this movie, quote, uh, you know, gave it three stars for its general goofiness and certain level of insane genius. And, of course, this movie, he was reviewing it in 1999, 22 years after it came out, because Quentin Tarantino is a huge fan of this film. So Smith does not surprise me one bit. He well, is a he, Shaw Brothers stan for one. Yeah, you know, he he worked at the video store for for so long and these are the and kind he of He shows a lot of their stuff at the New Bev that all he brought over. But yeah, he was behind the re-release of this film in, in 1999. I, that's how I actually got into a lot of Asian cinema is, is I, I heard about things like Battle Royale because Quentin Tarantino was talking up and there's rumors, you know, 20 years ago about an American reproduction or, or something so along those lines. Happen. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, well, it kind of did because Hunger Games is exactly that. <laughs> well, and that got me interested in, you know, the vengeance trilogy you know that's south korea but other films out of asia that yeah. they unfortunately <laughs> like old boy would try to re- remake <laughs> and oh, uh, yeah spike lee did that didn't he which i Owen? still haven't watched it yeah <laughs> i i haven't either i have 
I have no desire to see that movie. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like if it's like if it's something like Infernal Affairs, which is like not like the craziest, biggest popular film to come out of South Korea. Yeah, I'm fine with a American trying to recreate that movie. You know, like wasn't um, that a Chinese film? Series? Infernal Affairs, I thought was South Korean, but you might be right. Regardless, I I uh, I really like the American adaptation by by comparison. Well, yeah, I mean, The Departed is well, they also adapt it for the region in which they were making it. And that's, that's yeah. a huge difference too. And, and, but yeah, I, I agree. I don't think we need a, a remake of battle Royale. Let, let's get to our rating of this movie. Miles. We can't, we can't talk about how much we enjoy other movies. Oh yeah. I, know. I was like, Oh, let's talk about internal affairs, uh, which is a Hong Kong film. Okay. So oh, I, thought, I, thought, I thought it was, I thought it was about the triads. So, um, it's been so long since I've seen yeah, that. I've only seen the first one, I think. So uh, yeah, let's talk about personal enjoyment for this. Patrick. <laughs> what's what's um, your score? So my score represents kind of my feelings about this movie. And I really like the first two thirds of it. And as mm-hmm. a result, it gets a six. A six and crazy. I could watch this movie again right now from, so, from start I mean, to finish. Again, I, there's a lot I like about this movie. And again, it is an above average movie. It is mm-hmm. baseline good for yeah. a lot of reasons. But that third act I, I mean, I wasn't joking around. I actively hate so much of it plot wise that it takes away a lot of enjoyment, a lot of personal enjoyment for mm. me. So I have to dock it for that. I just I think there's so much to enjoy special effects wise. Yeah, it, it really. It I mean, makes, I, I certainly understand that. That's why I'm giving an above average rating, because the special lot. effects are excellent. Well, yeah, I'm. I'm talking about my score now because i'm giving it a nine out of ten for personal enjoyment i what i enjoyed this more than de laurentis's king kong and this has a shorter runtime and i feel like just packs in more into that time period and like i said i did not watch the subtitled version the original i might go back and watch that now <laughs> i think you should I, I think it gives you a little bit better context for some stuff it's just, than it just the, it's, the dubbing did and an internet archive under the Shaw Brothers account gives you the option for dub or sub. Um, yeah, I'm actually pretty excited about and, that. And it, sure. it's in high definition. It's an excellent, excellent trans, uh, or transfer. I'm giving this an 8 out of 10 for its technical aspect because I did get this movie confused with what we're watching next week. <laughs> but yeah, this is the one that sticks out and because it's been so long since I've seen any parts of it. I do think that while they have the heart and the soul and the years of Toho and Subaraya technical expertise, there are parts of the movie that just don't get the same high marks, you know, from the script to some of the acting and and things like that. But just the sets, the miniatures alone really, really carry a lot of this film for, for me in the technical categories. But yeah, for every excellent, element of the film there are some some downers as well so i I do think it is deserving of an eight out of ten in in that respect uh what about you uh so for the technical aspect i'm giving it a slightly higher score than my personal enjoyment but still not a super high score it's i'm giving it a seven because i do think these special effects are excellent i think the set pieces are excellent i think all of the actors for the most part do exactly what's asked of them and some more so and certainly in 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 the case of of Samantha, mm-hmm. but I mean the, the the script is not good. Actively, even e- like even 
in the original language, there there are some there are some weird plotness in the beginning, but like you can kind of go along with it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the this the the third act is just horrendous, no matter which way you 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 twist it. And while yes, there's great special effects, I just I just actively I can't enjoy it. And then on the on the one hand, like I appreciate using real animals visually because I'm like, oh, th- these animals are there. But also I'm like the ick factor in using some of these animals. And oh, yeah, no, worried about the animals. Worried may not about have the, been coerced the, to do these scenes. Worried about the human actors. Worried about everybody involved. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just worried. I'm, I'm generally worried about everyone, but like especially these animals because I mean. Some of them absolutely looked like someone gave them a tranquilizer, like a hundred percent. And I mean, I also get like this animal, yeah, because I mean, there you actively see people rolling around and wrestling, like <laughs> wrestling with a it's tiger. Just and wild. It's at one point, I'm like, yeah, dumb boys, but I'm also like, I wait, that's that's a real tiger. That's not just like some stuffed animal they're arguing around with. And I that. That made me really, really uncomfortable. So I'm, I'm giving it a seven. Like, I mean, there's a lot of great stuff <laughs> there and two thirds of an okay script. But I also, I think some of the suit work is pretty poor. I think that some of the suits themselves look terrible. Like there are some good animatronic mouth stuff, but there are some, sometimes that ma- that mask looks awful, especially when it's leering on two people doing it. <laughs> it looks like a Bugs Bunny cartoon gone horribly wrong. Supposedly, the the dentures for the mask were made by a dentist, you know, and used like actual human teeth. <laughs> Not helping. <laughs> I know it's it, it's just frightening. Every every detail about this film is frightening. What what about your evocative score? Where where does this stand as a piece of kaiju art? I mean, again, I mean, it's above baseline good, but like mm-hmm. from a cultural legacy aspect, I don't ever really hear anyone talk about this movie. It doesn't really seem to I mean, outside of Quentin Tarantino and Roger Ebert. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I get what you're No, you're but saying. I mean, yes, those two guys have said nice things about it, but they haven't. I mean, those opinions haven't seemed to have any impact. Also, Quentin Tarantino <laughs> is a weird case anyway, in terms of his like for things. But gosh. I'm it's, I'm I'm ready for it's the Quentin fine. Tarantino it's, kaiju film. I'm ready for him to do his own. Oh, I would love for him to do one. <laughs> I, I I feel like it would very much be a lot like this. Yeah, it would 100 percent be an exploitation film that has a monster in it. Like there there's there's no if ands or buts about that. But I mean, as, again, I don't even consider. I barely consider this a kaiju film. Like I like most giant ape movies, I don't consider them kaiju. This this is just a giant monkey that gets in the wrong place, at the wrong time gets confused and taken advantage of and get shot. How dare um, you, Miles? This is a man. It is the Peking man. <laughs> and so I'm, it's getting a six out of ten. And if you push your luck, it's getting a five. <laughs> well, I think that's 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 fine. That's that's where I put King Kong last week. I enjoy this film. I enjoy this as a kaiju movie more than King Kong because it does feel like it is part of the Toho tradition of of giant monster films. It feels like, you know, the next step, this actually feels like maybe a few years advanced as far as like the technical aspects, because the budget for those latter Godzilla movies were so slashed, you know, Mm -hmm. it, it, this makes me sad that the Shaw brothers 
didn't have more entries into the kaiju category. I would have I, I loved. Mean, so I I will agree with that. I I wish they had done more Shabbler's uh, kaiju oh, films because between Super Inframan and this, like th- that's where they're starting from. And you know we know that right. So do I, other I feel like if they, if they bring an films, actual writer aboard, they might have a great film on their hands. Can you imagine? All right, so they took on an, an Ultraman style character. They took on a King Kong style character. Can you imagine if they had done a Godzilla style movie in in this kind or, of format? Or or if uh-huh. they had done Mighty Peking Man versus Super Inframan. I mean, I would have I would have been here. I watched that for movie. That. But yeah, this is. I mean, it was a yeah, a knockoff of a whole bunch of ideas from Tarzan to King Kong, but it did feel like it was in its own original, very dark, very murky version of the real world. And yeah, it, it felt like a good mix of the Shaw Brothers filmmaking, kaiju filmmaking, and, and some of their sensibilities. So yeah, I gave it higher marks than I thought I would. I gave this a 7 out of 10 for its evocative nature. Miles, that puts you at a six for this movie yep. 6.3 to be technical and that puts me at an eight which you know what that means the kaiju versus history podcast final score for the mighty peking man is a seven out of ten too high it's perfectly fun. Too <laughs> it's, high. It's, too high. it's why we, we average our scores together against the average now <laughs> <laughs> i just want to fight for it but as per your your prior comments, this is one of the higher or the highest King Kong knockoff, like not official oh, King Kong. I mean, for, for my money, this is the best King Kong knockoff we've had so far. Like, despite my my script problems <laughs> with this movie, this is the best King Kong ripoff we've seen. <laughs> Spoiler warning. Yeah, I don't think it's going to get better than seven out of ten. So <laughs> got that going for us. Right. That That's going to do it for Money Peaking, man. Where, where can folks find us to tell us their opinions on, on this film, Miles? Uh, well, you can... Hit us up on Twitter at Kaiju versus History. You can email us at Kaiju versus History at gmail.com. You can visit our website, Kaiju versus History.com. And obviously, check out our uh, letterbox, Kaiju versus History, and see our different scores from all of our movies, judging from the 1933 until, well, today. <laughs> uh, and into the future. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, tell us what the people, uh, what we're doing next week. All right. So thank you, Miles. Thank you, listeners. We're going to catch you next time when we continue our march through Kong Mania, the Kong Mania films. But finally, I guess coming to a close at the tail end of the the 1970s here with the the last Kong knockoff, uh, we get an Italian take at a man in a furry suit monster movie. Tune in next time as we look at history versus Yeti. Giant of the 20th century.